This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm your host, Elena Yanake, bringing you the news. But first, let's take a quick look at the weather picture. It's cloudy across most of the country, with maximum temperatures ranging from 1 to 8 degrees Celsius. The new reading in Bucharest was 6 degrees. And now the news, the headlines. The president of Romania, Klaus Johannes, is today having talks with NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg in Bucharest. Romania's Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă had a meeting today in Bucharest with his Serbian counterpart Ana Barnabic. Romania and Croatia are prepared to join the Schengen area. This is the conclusion of a meeting between Romanian Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu and his Croatian counterpart Gordon Radman. And the solemn meeting of the Bucharest Parliament is held today to mark 104 years since the Great Union. Ukraine will go through the worst winter since the Second World War, Romania's ambassador to Ukraine, Alexandru Viktor Mikula, said. The Kyiv mayor has given a bleak outlook for the Ukrainian capital's 3 million inhabitants due to the damage caused by Russian shelling on the city's energy infrastructure. Manfred Weber, the leader of the European People's Party in the European Parliament, called on the West European countries to show more solidarity with Ukrainian refugees, whose number could go up if Russia's shelling continues. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky warned that Russia would surely launch new missile attacks on his country and urged defense forces and citizens to be prepared to withstand a new week of strain on the power grid. We understand that the terrorists are planning new strikes, Zelensky said in his nightly video address. The Ukrainian president said this week could be as difficult as the previous one. In the capital, Kyiv, where it is snowing heavily, local authorities said workers were close to completing the restoration of power, water and heat, which have been severely damaged for days by Russian bombing. Sunday was relatively calm, with no major attacks on Kyiv or other big cities. Ukraine's Central Army Command said Russian forces launched four missile attacks and repeatedly targeted civilian objectives in the Dnipropetrovsk region. The president of Romania, Klaus Johannes, is today having talks with the NATO Secretary-General Jels Stoltenberg in Bucharest. Stoltenberg will chair the meeting of NATO foreign ministers hosted by the Romanian capital city as of Tuesday. Also on this occasion, the U.S. State Secretary Antony Blinken will travel to Bucharest and will have meetings with President Johannes, 
Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuche and the Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu. The NATO meeting, the first of this kind organized in Romania, focuses on supporting Ukraine against the Russian invasion, energy security and implementing the alliance's new strategic concepts. Romania and Croatia are prepared to join the Schengen area. This is the conclusion of a meeting between Romanian Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu and his Croatian counterpart Gordan Radman, paying an official visit to Bucharest. Aurescu said both countries are part of the solution that the EU needs at the moment to consolidate its external borders and handle migration. The two officials also discussed about strengthening bilateral ties and conducting joint projects, but also about security in the region in the context of the war in Ukraine. Gordon Radma's visit to Romania marks 30 years of diplomatic relations between Romania and Croatia. Romanian Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca has today had in Bucharest a meeting with his Serbian counterpart, Anna Barnabic, with whom he discussed about the need to boost bilateral dialogue and sectoral cooperation. Chuka emphasized the importance of implementing projects in the field of energy connectivity and transport by developing the Romanian-Serbia gas interconnector and by connecting the Timisoara-Moravica motorway sector with the Belgrade-Vatin high-speed road. A solemn meeting of the Bucharest Parliament is held today to mark 104 years since the Great Union. President Klaus Johannes, Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca, the speakers of the two parliament chambers and representatives of parliamentary groups will deliver speeches on this occasion. In Bucharest, over 1,500 troops and staff of the Defence Ministry, Interior Ministry, the Romanian Intelligence Service, the Special Telecommunications Service and the Penitentiary Agency, as well as vehicles and 40 aircraft, will take part in a military parade on December 1st, Romania's National Day. According to a Defence Ministry news release, around 150 troops from Belgium, France, North Macedonia, the Republic of Moldova, the Netherlands, Portugal and the United States will also take part. Romanian military personnel on missions abroad will also organize special ceremonies. Events devoted to Romania's National Days begin in Alba Iulia on November 30 with military and wreath-laying ceremonies. On December 1st, more than 850 troops will parade in Alba Iulia including a French unit, part of the NATO battle group deployed in Cinku, Brasov County. And that was the news. On December the 1st, military parades are scheduled in order to celebrate Romania's National Day, both in the capital city Bucharest and in Alba Iulia, where Ferdinand I was crowned as King of Romania a century ago. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more details in this commentary written by Mihai Pelin. <music> Every year on December the 1st, the National Day of Romania is celebrated across the country as well as abroad in theatres of operations where Romanian troops are deployed or in the Romanian communities abroad. In Bucharest, the traditional triumphal arch parade is scheduled, which this year will see the most extensive participation of Allied troops. For the first time since the COVID pandemic, there will be no restrictions for the public. In addition to the previous years, the military parade will showcase the latest equipment purchased by the Romanian army. 
Apart from Romanian troops, the parade will include around 150 foreign servicemen from Belgium, France, North Macedonia, the Republic of Moldova, Portugal, the United States and the Netherlands, as well as troops representing the countries contributing to the NATO structures in Romania and military equipment, including fighter jets from Canada, Italy, Spain and the United States. National Day celebrations will also be held in Alba Iulia, where messages for Romania will be sent out on November the 29th as part of an educational program hosted by the Principia Museum. On November the 30th, when St. Andrew, the patron saint of Romania, is celebrated, Alba Iulia will host military ceremonies and wrath-laying ceremonies. On the same day, a festival of traditions and customs is scheduled to begin, entitled Traditional Romania. On December the 1st, the Union March will take place and a military parade will be held in Albaiulia with around 850 troops and military equipment taking part, including land vehicles, helicopters and F-16 fighters. A unit of French troops, part of the NATO battle group in Cinku Brasov County, will also take part in the parade. The events also celebrate 100 years since the coronation of King Ferdinand I and Queen Marie in Alba Iulia, where in 1600 the Wallachian prince Michael the Brave entered with his troops in what was later seen as the first political union of the Romanian territories. Nicknamed the Unifier, Ferdinand I was the first king of all Romanians. The sovereign under whose reign the Great Union of 1918 was achieved. Ferdinand I was the one who introduced a land reform and an election reform, who worked to strengthen the Romanian nation-state and whose reign was the most prosperous period in the modern history of the Romanian state. Standing by his side was an exceptional personality, Queen Marie of Romania, who worked as a battlefield nurse during the First World War and as a diplomat in European capitals, the one without whom, historians agree, Ferdinand's success would not have been the same, and Greater Romania would have been a goal even harder to achieve. The upcoming winter will be complicated for Ukraine and its friends, Romania's ambassador to Kiev has said. I'm Vlad Palku with a report by Roxana Vasile. Ukraine will be facing the toughest winter since the end of World War II, and both Kiev and its friends must prepare for this challenge, Alexandru Viktor Mikula, Romania's ambassador in Kiev, has said. No one must, however, get intimidated by Putin's attacks on civilian infrastructure, the Romanian diplomat added, arguing that Bucharest will get involved in the reconstruction of Ukraine by means of projects carried out at EU level, but also by means of national initiatives. We need to understand this is a complex process. If we're referring to the Lugano conference in early July, at the time, there were some 40,000 objectives that were partially or completely destroyed and needed restoration. Before I took office, their number had already doubled, and the more Ukrainian territories are liberated, the larger the extent of the damage we notice. 
so the needs increase exponentially as hostilities continue. We need to recognize the efforts of Ukrainian authorities, first of all in order to have an updated list of objectives that need rebuilding. Secondly, we should praise the way they used a methodology developed by the World Bank to estimate the construction costs for each objective. And thirdly, the way they associate the objective that needs to be reconstructed with the potential donor, the country or international organization that pledges to rebuild the objective, which results in that particular objective being taken off the list of those that still need funding. Right now, jointly with the European Commission, the World Bank or the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, we are working on the fourth component, namely the mechanism for reconstruction financing. We also want to have a number of reconstruction projects where Romania can get involved, a number of national initiatives, and we are currently in the phase where we are assessing potential areas where we might implement such projects before choosing the field to specialize in, Ambassador Alexandru Victor Mikula. Apart from government projects or projects held jointly with other member states or the European Commission, there are also many other programs of local authorities in Romania or NGOs, foundations or even volunteers. Every piece of assistance provided to Ukraine is important. The needs of these countries are so great that any support given is but half a drop in an ocean, Ambassador Alexandru Victor Mikula also pointed out. And that has wrapped up our newscast. Focus on Romania. Focus on Romania. Dear friends, Radio Romania International continues its traditional polling of listeners on shortwave, the internet and social media with a new challenge, in spite of yet another complicated year. It's been difficult because of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and the war waged by Russia against Ukraine, of rocketing prices of energy, the famine in some parts of the world, and also the growing inflation, which has turned everyday living into a burden for many people around the globe. We would like to ask you which person you think left their imprint on the world in a positive way in 2022. We are preparing to designate, based on your options, the personality of the year 2022 on Radio Romania International. Who could this person be and, more importantly, why? Would it be a public figure or somebody unknown to the larger audience but with a special story? It's up to you to decide as usual. You can send your answers by commenting on our website at rri.ro by email at engl at rri.ro on our Facebook profile on WhatsApp at plus 40744312650 and by fax at 00402131902. We recall that in 2021 we did not have a personality of the year, but people of the year on Radio Romania International as medical workers 
were designated the world's best citizens for being in the front line against the COVID-19 pandemic, together with those who developed vaccines against COVID-19. The Personality of the Year 2022 on Radio Romania International will be announced online and in our shows on January the 1st, 2023. The History Show. Welcome to The History Show with me, Lacromiara Simeon. Today I'll bring you a feature on the history of child protection in Romania. Children have a special place in human history, being in fact actors and creators of history like any human being. But children have always needed protection and over the years, Ordinary people or institutions, such as the church in the Middle Ages and the states and organizational settlements in the modern era, assumed protective roles. The Romanian space had approximately the same history of child protection as that of the geocultural areas that influenced it. In the second half of the 19th century, the modern state assumed the role of active protector of children, by establishing crashes, care homes, and orphanages. The children who needed such institutions were the less fortunate ones. The orphans, the abandoned, the poor, the homeless, the seriously ill, and those with incurable diseases. The first modern child protection institution in Romania was opened in 1897 when St. Catherine Crash, a social assistance society, was established. Poor children, motherless children, and young single mothers were brought here. Among the founders were Ekaterina Cantacuzino, wife of the conservative politician Gheorghe Grigore Cantacuzino, Irina Cantacuzino, their daughter, and Dr. Toma Ionescu. The Bucharest City Hall donated a plot of land of 20,000 square meters in the north of the city, near the current Arch of Triumph, on which seven buildings were erected. By 1948, the year the crash was nationalized by the communist regime, thousands of children have passed through the respectable charitable institution. Juana Dragulinescu, the manager of the newest museum project in Romania called the Abandonment Museum, 
emphasized the pioneering role in child protection that St. Catherine Crash had. It is clear that for a very long time, the child had a rather unprivileged role in the family. There were many children. They started being used from a young age, let's not say exploited, but anyway, they had to have a role in the family. They were a mouth to feed, so they had to produce their own food. What I found in the documents from St. Catherine is that around the year 1900, child protection began being structured in Romania. And from this perspective, St. Catherine Kresh had a pioneering role because its representatives came and said, we no longer take children in out of pity, but we adopt them with proper documents. We no longer give children away to women to take care of them, but we create a system in which these women, the future foster carers, are supervised, how they feed the children and what way they educate them. Thus, they began to somehow supervise the placement of the children on long term so that they could have control over the future of these children said Juana Dragulinescu. The communist regime established on March 6, 1945, brought another societal reality to Romania, as everything has undergone a radical transformation, with the human being having been brutalized to the highest degree. Child protection has also changed accordingly. Juana Dragulinescu is back at the microphone with more. The communist regime was instated and Ceaușescu said, we want a strong relationship, we want more and more children. And he found this formula of Decree 770, which prohibited contraception, which led to a birth boom, the decree children whom we keep talking about. It's just that he didn't think about the capacity of the Romanian people to raise children. Romanians were an already impoverished people, already in the grips of savings which the Communist Party imposed on the people. So the people started abandoning children more and more, and the Romanian state started building more and more institutions. Juanadra Gulinescu explained, the socialist society was one in which man was supposed to be happy and perfect, and any biological deviation was brutally treated. Juana Dragulinescu has more. There emerged this perception of the perfection of the communist child who had to meet certain standards. Anyone who was not up to standards and that could mean absolutely anything, even crossed eyes, was taken to those hospital homes which, in time, due to the large number of children and the system's incapacity to support these children, became genuine extermination camps. This is what happened in 1989. This is what the Western televisions who came here found and were horrified by these images that resembled those in Auschwitz. The only difference was that they were not during 
the Nazi period, but in 1989, Romania, children tied to beds, children in chains, children treated inhumanely, as Juana Drăgulinescu says. And that's all from History Show. Next on Radio Romania International, Think Greener. Welcome, I'm Ana Maria Popescu. The Environment Fund Agency in Romania last week launched a new edition of a program designed to develop the country's electric vehicle charging infrastructure. A total of 100 million euros was made available for the building of 3.7 to 22 kilowatt charging stations. Romania has seen spectacular increases in the sales of electric and hybrid vehicles, but it only has some 2,500 charging stations, which makes it difficult for such vehicles to be charged. According to estimates, by the end of this year, Romania will have over 25,000 EVs registered. Moreover, with the recent surge in electricity prices, some shopping centers, which previously provided free charging for EVs to their clients, have suspended these services. The government plans to broaden the infrastructure so as to have over 30,000 public charging stations operational by 2030. Half of them are to be built with funding coming from the National Recovery and Resilience Plan. The program launched by the Environment Fund Agency adds to the projects funded under the Recovery and Resilience Plan. Eligible applicants include public institutions, including public schools, local authorities, tourist resorts, as well as inter-community development associations. Here is the president of the Environment Fund Agency, Laurenzo Nicolaescu, with more details for Radio Romania. The first program concerning the EV charging infrastructure was launched last year and was extended to this August. It focused on high-power charging stations of 75 kilowatt. For these stations, the beneficiaries needed quite high installed power and probably they had difficulties meeting this requirement. The program we have launched now concerns smaller stations, ranging between 3.7 and 22 kilowatt, which do not require such high installed power. This time, again, the Environment Fund Agency's program also covers the connection to the power grid as an eligible expenditure. As for the funding, a school may obtain a maximum of 80,000 euros, a village may get up to 200,000 euros, towns are eligible for up to 400,000 euros and tourist resorts for 600,000 euros. Depending on their population, cities may apply for a maximum of 800,000 to 1 million euros, while the capital city, Bucharest, may receive up to 2 million euros. The money can be accessed by December the 23rd by the interested beneficiaries. You have been listening to Think Greener.
next in this program. Sports. Welcome everyone to Sports Roundup. I'm Vlad Palku. The World Cup in Qatar continues. Romanian referee Ishvan Kovac has been delegated to the referee team in Tuesday's match beating Ecuador against Senegal in Group A. Kovac will be the assistant referee in the team led by Clément Turpin of France alongside Nicolas Danon and Cyril Gringor also from France. Romanian handball champions Dinamo Bucharest on Sunday trounced Potaisa Turda 43-27 in the 13th round of the National League, the last of the first half of the season. Dinamo has won all the 13 matches played this season and enjoys a comfortable lead in the standings. The men's handball teams of Egypt, Algeria and Slovakia will take part alongside Romania in this year's edition of the Karpatsi Trophy, scheduled to take place over December 28th-29th in Orada. The Romanian team will convene on December 26th, coach Chavi Pasqual having called up 24 players. Stinza Bayamare and Stava Bucharest will be pitted against each other in the National Rugby League final. In the semi-finals, the team from Bayamare won against SCM USV Timisoara at home 11-9, while Stava defeated Dinamo 25-18. In news from ice hockey this weekend, three teams played Hungarian clubs at home. On Friday, CS Mirkuracuk won against Uipes Budapest 4-3 at the end of extra time. Korona Brasov also took extra time to win 4-3 the match against Ferencvaros. In another match, ACSH Georgen defeated Budapest Yekorong Akademia 4-2. On Saturday, Mirkuracuk defeated Yekorong Akademia 3-2. Korona Brasov won 7-3 against Uipest while ACSH defeated Ferenc Varos 4-3. Yekorong Academia continues to top the league tables with 39 points in 18 matches, followed by ACSH Georgen with 37 points in 17 matches. And this has been all in Sports Roundup. Our sports items are available at ri.ro and on Facebook. to Radio Romania International. Hi there, I'm Ana Maria Popescu with a new show in the Music Time series, bringing you new music at the English service of Radio Romania International. Today's episode is devoted to the 17th edition of Meridian, one of the country's leading international contemporary music festivals held in the first half of November in Bucharest, Cluj-Napoca, Timisoara, Craiova, Constanța, Ploiești, Pitești and Iași.
I spoke with Diana Rotaro, the artistic director of the festival, just days ahead of the start of the event. Miss Diana Rotano, thanks for joining me. This is the 17th edition of the Meridian Festival, which is quite a respectable age. How did the festival grow during this period? What changed? What stayed the same? Uh, thank you for your invitation, first of all. The Meridian Festival has always included both Romanian and, um, of course, international music. And uh, since our uh, team, ones who are organizing now the festival, took over in 2019, we decided and we proposed a kind of special format. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, it's only right now it's only a chamber music festival with small-ish uh, ensembles and uh, solo concerts. But we try to include as much uh, electronic music as possible as uh, we want to be updated to the international trends. Mm -hmm. And also the profile of the festival is uh, very connected to interdisciplinarity, to syncretism. We uh, want to promote multimedia shows, other means of expression. And uh, for example, the festival, this edition, which is called Atlas, had a 3D animation premiered yesterday with electronic music from all around the world. It's a project dedicated to the ISCM, which is the International Society for Contemporary Music. And our event, our festival, is the only event in Romania who is under, under the umbrella of this big society, who is 100 years old this year. Wow. So it's, uh, it's uh, the most powerful and the most extended um, society that has been promoting pretty much all the great avant-garde composers since the 20s. So mm-hmm. it's an honor for us to be under this umbrella and we are happy that we could dedicate this project to them. And also what I wanted to add that apart from this chamber multimedia electronic profile, we also tried to find a special theme each year for the festival because we believe that um, the music we promote is fascinating and we need more audience and these metaphoric themes I think help us get a larger audience and Mm -hmm. help maybe the audience who is not so specialized in music in general or in contemporary music in particular. These kind of ideas help them to understand better the types of languages that they hear. So we had, in 2019, we had Stonic Gardens, and each event was conceived and organized after the pattern of an imaginary or real garden. Mm -hmm. And last year, in 2021, we had Planetarium, we had imaginary planets and uh, celestial objects, and now we have Atlas and... Everything is focused on the idea of um, travel, the journey, that which basically we all uh, take when we listen to a new piece of music. And everything uh, from the poster who looks like a giant map and uh, also the program of the festival look like colored maps. And we have in our program, for example, Saturday on 12th November, we have an actual journey with the audience in different spaces of the University of Music. So we we try to connect uh, everything, all the events in the festival, as much as we can with this theme. Thank you. 
I know that apart from concerts, there are also debates and roundtables. Could you walk us through the other highlights of this year's edition? Indeed, we have some conferences each day, pretty much on the Zoom platform. Mm-hmm. One of the great uh, inventions that stuck <laughs> with us from the pandemic year. We have uh, two great composers specialized in electronic music. Matthias Kranabitel and Oliver Frick invited to give conferences about their technique. And uh, we have lots of great musicians. And I want to thank the um, Cultural Institute, the Romanian Cultural Institute, for helping us uh, invite, uh, for example, Duo Astara from Italy, um, duo of accordion and piano, a very interesting combination. And uh, we have Contemporary Piano Currents. This is the name of a, a duo of piano and electronics from Germany, who are here by the grace of the Goethe Institute in Bucharest. And we had uh, yesterday at the opening a great wind quintet from Denmark, V. Coloris, and many, many more. Uh, I also have to uh, say that we have, for the first time in Romania, invited the um, Viennese Ensemble Black Page Orchestra. It's their first concert in uh, Romania, and we are very excited to have them here on Friday, November 11th. I know a lot of classical music lovers who are still struggling with contemporary music. How would you respond to statements like contemporary music is really challenging to listen to or difficult to understand or to enjoy? Uh, I think that all music is a challenge. It's just that um, maybe listeners are much more accustomed to older languages like, I don't know, classical or romantic Mm -hmm. music also because they are heavily promoted and they are played all the time in uh, concerts, in um, philharmonies and so on, at the radio. So we we are accustomed to this language. But Mm -hmm. if they have the curiosity to try to learn a new language or as it happens in contemporary music, there are so many trends and so many directions that it's difficult not to find some something that you like. You just need to have the curiosity to start and to try to understand because basically music is a language that transmits emotion and this mm-hmm. is present in all types of music and you, you just have to keep your ears open and uh, your soul open when, when you listen to it. It's, it's not difficult. So it's a matter of education, so to say? It's a matter of curiosity, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if we keep ourselves curious all the time, we're, we're going to find uh, fantastic stuff, <laughs> even But in contemporary music. We try to make these events, of course, these kind of festivals, to make them as attractive as possible. But what should be done would be to include contemporary music or at least modern music from Mm -hmm. the 20th century regularly in each concert and actually not put it in a, let's say, ghetto and um, perform it only with that type of music, but put it into a normal, let's say, classical, romantical concert and... um, then the audience can hear that uh, it's a very attractive language and uh, it has connections also with tradition mm-hmm. and it's not that difficult. That was the director of the Meridian International Festival and president of the International Society for Contemporary Music in Romania, the composer Diana Rotaru. I leave you with one of her works written quite recently in 2021 and entitled Velvet Alice for Piano and Electronics, performed by the duo Contemporary Piano Currents from Germany. 
I'm Ana Maria Popescu. Thanks for listening. Living Romania. This is Bucharest Radio Romania International. DX Mailbag. Welcome to a new edition in our DX Mailbag series. I'm your host, Eugen Nasta. Once again, we go on a journey around the world, greeting listeners and friends, allowing you to compare how other listeners across the continents receive our programs. Our first message this week is the one sent in by Francis Lawler, who lives in Dublin, Ireland. We quote from Francis' message, I heard Radio Romania International in English, on November the 13th, 2022, from 0130 to 0200 hours UTC, in Romanian on 5910 kHz with a SINPO rating of for all. I was using a Sanjian ATS818 radio receiver with a long wire antenna. The program was Romanian pop music, female announcer between some items. Once again, thank you very much, unquote. Our time-honoured listener, Ratan Kumar Paul, living in West Bengal, India, tuned into our broadcast in English on November the 11th, 2022, from 1200 to 1300 hours UTC on 15460 kHz. The receiving equipment is made of a Grundig digital receiver with a telescopic antenna and 50 feet wire use only. Mr. Kumar's SINPO rating for the signal of our broadcast was for all. It seems that Ratan Kumar Paul is a faithful listener to our programs, so he took the liberty to call from the reception report he sent in on November the 13th, 2022. Ratan tuned into our radio station from 1200 to 1300 hours UTC 
on 15460 kHz. Mr. Paul tuned into our radio station again on November the 14th, 2022, from 0400 to 0500 hours UTC. Our listener in West Bengal uses a Grundig digital receiver with a telescopic antenna and 50 feet wire use only. Ratan's SINPO rating for the signal of our broadcast was 3 all. You are listening to Radio Romania International. The DX Mailbag continues on Radio Romania International. I'm Eugen Nasta. Fahri Fahri, our listener in Indonesia, tuned into our radio station on November the 13th, 2022, from 0630 to 0650 hours UTC on 17780 kilohertz. Fahri's SINPO rating for the signal of our broadcast was 3433. The program details, we quote, The news, the White House hailed what appears to be an extraordinary victory for Ukraine following the forced withdrawal of the Russian military and the recapture of the city of Kherson in the south, Agence France Press reports. Ambassadors of France, Germany and Bulgaria and Bucharest on Saturday commemorated Armistice Day in the Pro-Patria Cemetery of Romania's capital. The Romanian national women's tennis team defeated Hungary on Saturday 4-0 in the playoff of the Billie Jean King Cup held in Oradea and the Week in Review segment. The receiving equipment is made of a Texun PL330 receiver with a telescopic antenna. It's good that our listeners from around the world send in feedback related to the quality of our broadcast. Tetsuya Yamagata, living in Kitakayushu City in Japan, tuned into our broadcast in English on November the 7th, 2022, on Thursday at 06.30 hours UTC on 21470 kilohertz. We quote from Mr. Tetsuya's message, the conditions change depending on the day, but the broadcasts for Japan are strong and the broadcasts for Africa and Western Europe can be heard well. Mr. Kevin Ryan, based in the United Kingdom, tuned into our broadcasts on Tuesday, November the 15th at 20.12 hours UTC. We quote from Kevin's message, Dear Radio Romania International, I enjoy listening in the DRM mode. At 17.55 hours UTC, I found your French service on 97.20 kHz with a powerful signal. Great, the English service should come booming in. At 1800 hours UTC, the English service in AM on 97.70 kHz is very strong, but DRM on 73.50 kHz is inaudible. This morning, no English but powerful German signal on 11.620 kHz. There seems to be a problem getting the best frequency for the English DRM programs. I can pick up the German and French services in DRM nearly every night and morning, but English DRM is rarely audible. It is very disappointing. Regards, Kevin Ryan. Dear Kevin Duplis, rest assured that we keep in touch with our technical department. They're trying their best to sort this out. Thank you once again. 
51-year-old Ricky Hine, our listener in the United States of America, tuned into our broadcast on Wednesday, November the 16th, 2022. We took the liberty to quote from Ricky's message, Hello, Radio Romania International English Department. I tried listening to English programs on 73.25 kHz and 59.90 kHz from 100 to 200 hours UTC and the reception was fair on November the 15th, 2022. It was a simple of 35344. Could you please send me a QSL card for my reception report and could you please read my letter over the air in your next DX Mailbag Listeners Letterbox program. Thanks for your time. Please try to fix the reception on both of these frequencies. Could you also please try to fix the reception on 7410 kHz and 6020 kHz beamed to the west coast of North America. The frequencies for the east coast of North America, which are 7325 kHz and 5990 kHz from 0100 to 0200 hours UTC. Mr. Chris Malbeuf, our listener in British Columbia, Canada, tuned in to our broadcast on November the 12th, 2022, from 2304 to 2355 hours UTC on 72.20 a.m. The receiving equipment... University of Twente SDR, located in the Netherlands, with a mini-whip antenna. Program details. News, the week in review at 23.07 hours UTC, World of Culture, Radio Romania International Encyclopedia, the DX Mailbag. Comments. Signal, very excellent, at 23.16 hours UTC, and have been listening since 2013. Mr. Malbeuf's. Sinbo rating for the signal of our broadcast was 5 all. Misayo Tanaka, based in East Sussex, the United Kingdom, wrote the following on our programs. We quote, I am pleased to inform you that I have listened to your radio broadcast on November the 15th, 2022, from 21.30 to 21.55 hours UTC, in St. Leonard's on Sea, East Sussex, the United Kingdom, on 7375 kHz. The simple rating for the signal of your broadcast was 45433. The receiver is a Sony CFM23L with a built-in telescopic antenna. End of quote. Mr. Dwight Hitchens, living in Virginia, the United States of America, tuned into our broadcast on November the 16th, 2022, from 2133 to 21.57 hours UTC on 94.30 kHz. Dwight's simple rating for the signal of our broadcast was 4.4434. That's all we had time for in this week's DX Mailbag. Those of you who sent in their reception reports will receive a QSL card in the shortest time possible. Tune in again next week. Until then, from me, Eugen Nasta, it's goodbye and all the best 73s. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk.
Welcome everyone to a new edition of Simply Folk at the microphone, your host Vlad Palku. Today we will play for you a song from the repertoire of Nicoleta Vojka, a popular folk vocalist from Banat. Let's have a listen. And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17800 and kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>